broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank, Brave the Beginning, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. And hello, neighbors, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Mike Salmon alongside Stephen Julian. Good morning, Stephen. Hey, good morning, Mike. Neighbors, huh? Yeah. I like that. And uh, ask me where Harper is today. Hey, where's Harper today, Harper Mike? Harper LaBelle's in California, IA, uh, visiting his mom and dad. So, California, IA, or California, IA? That, too. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to correct. It's can been we, a while since we've been together. Can we so restart I, the so show? So I wanted to correct you. I wanted um, to correct. Yeah. So shout out to Harper. But we've got two great guests in the studio today. Uh, Steve Fisher is here with Strategy Partners Group and Doug Brooks from Laz Parking. Before we tell you uh, or talk to uh, those our guests, I want to tell you that we are broadcasting from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South District Convention Center. And love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience at Subaru. Of of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today, or come on in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, as am I, then check out their Facebook page for the latest news, offers, and community events. What do you say we get started? I love it. Let's talk to the guests. Steve Fisher is the founding partner with Strategies Strategy Partners Group. Uh, Steve was able to avoid all the traffic this morning and uh, get here. Uh, unfortunately, I di- did not. I-, I hit the traffic myself. But, Steve, I'm glad you were able to make it. Well, you know, I rolled the dice with Atlanta traffic, and I won. <laughs> you <laughs> For never <once>. know. <laughs> you never know from day to day, from hour to hour. Strategy Partners Group, you are a founding partner. Tell us about your business. Well, Strategy Partners Group um, exists to provide um, a one, one-stop shop, effectively, uh, to provide a, access to a group of operational experts uh, who focus on M&A and transaction work uh, for companies of all sizes on both the buy and the sell side. Uh, we, we found that there was, a, there was a lack in the market of, of operators uh, in this field, a lot of deal makers, but not a lot of guys have done the blocking and tackling. And we are all former C-suite executives uh, turned consultants some CFOs, some CEOs, some COO, you know, run the whole C-suite. And between the founding partners of my firm and our channel partners, uh, we pretty much cover the whole gamut of, of what needs you may have uh, if you don't have those folks on staff during a transaction. I think a lot of people listening who have even ever considered selling their business as a business owner, I hope they picked up on that very big distinction you said. Not a lot of operators, plenty of deal makers. So I would imagine where a business owner starts with you is going to be different than what they might be thinking. Oh, I've heard that before. They're going to talk to me about what my business is worth. Talk about where a typical business owner comes to you. Where are you guys going to start? What's that going to look like at the beginning of the relationship? Um, Well, if I'm working for the seller, um, we're going to talk about what are the drivers of of uh, the price on his company. Um, and ways we can improve that if we have enough time before his estimated exit date. Um, I also want to work with him on things like, okay, now once you get the big golf check, making sure I don't want to just walk away from you. Is there anything I can do to ensure that you retain most of that? Mm. Um, that's that's key. What are important to you? Um, do you want to? Do you want? You know, how important are your continue, having your employees continue in their positions with the new owner? Um, do you really know, or have you communicated to the buyer? What, what the real intellectual property is that you have in that staff. Have you done the audit of, of what's between their ears, making sure that 
um, that the business will continue because oftentimes it's their legacy mm-hmm. and they want that business to continue even under new ownership. So they want to make sure they have the highest chance of success as, as possible. Here's a scary stat. I read a few years ago um, from Harvard Business Review that something like over 60% of all M&A transactions either fail or underperform. That's, that's an indictment on, on that work. And where that's happening is lack of due diligence on the front end and truly a lack of planning on the business integration side after the transaction. We're operators. We don't necessarily walk away after the deal is done. We're still there, uh, and you should take advantage of our services at that point, because that's the part where we make sure that that new Christmas present that somebody just bought, that somebody already stroked the $20 million check for, actually works. And and I think I want to ask, as a follow-up to that, because you started with, if I'm working for the seller, so obviously you work for the buyer as well. So let's let's talk about that. You you are starting to talk to somebody who's looking to buy a business again just as a starting point because I think we could we could spend hours and hours uh, in not the weeds but the important details. But how would a, how do you help when someone is looking to buy a business? Where does that start? Well, the two t- the two primary types of buyers I would work with is one is a a business buyer, a corporate buyer. So this is a great you, you know you have business you make X Y Z widget. And you do that fantastic, and you want to go buy a competitor. Well, you're not in the business of buying companies. That's not what you do. You, you make XYZ widgets. So you don't have the, the intellectual capital probably needed to, to know what, you know what am I missing. That's always the big thing is you know, what am I not considering. So consulting with us, we help iron that out and, and educate you on that and brace you for what's coming. If the other type of buyer that we work with is um, small, smaller, newer capital providers. So these would be called family offices. Um, I like I, I call them, and it's not dismissively, these are usually very smart finance guys who have a big pot of money and a deal in front of them, but they're not operators. So that's where we come in and help. Now, the large private equity firms and all that, they have guys like me on staff, but the smaller ones don't. Like I said, they have the pot of money, the idea, and they want to close that transaction. They want to move on to the next one. So that's where I come in. Our guest is Steve Fisher. He's a a founding partner with Strategy Partners Group here on Gwinnett Business Radio. We're talking about M&A, mergers and acquisitions, and buying and selling companies. What are some of the reasons that a business owner or a board of directors would want to buy or sell their business? Well, on the sell side, um, there is is an aging of America. We have boomers needing to roll out of businesses as we speak. This this has been going on for a few years now and will continue for the next probably five, ten years at least. So these are people who are just, they're they're timed out of their business. so, and oftentimes they don't have, you know, they don't have, they're not in a position where they have a, a, a family member they want to pass it on to or a partner they want to pass it on to. So, they, as I mentioned, this is their legacy. So, they want to get maximum value for their legacy um, and get their, what will probably be the last check they receive uh, for the rest of their lives. So, when you're in that position, that's a reason you want to sell. The other reason you want to sell is you might have a division or something of that nature, which is a, a loss leader. And rather than make the investment in, in infrastructure, uh, to, to make that thing profitable, it may be time to spin that off. So you may want to sell that. On, the sales, on, on, on a buyer, you might want to buy a business because you are looking to enter a new market. Uh, so you might want to buy a competitor who has that customer base in the market you're in is one, is one way you might do it. Uh, or you might want to just move into a new revenue stream and so you want to buy a canned uh, turnkey operation effectively to get yourself into that business. Hmm. You said uh, you keep talking about being the operator, and again, that's kind of one of the distinguishing features and what sets you apart from, I won't even say a competition, but people who do it differently. So as an operator, uh, I would imagine apart from just being the operators that can come to bring 
bring to bear on a, on a scenario. I would imagine you can also bring some other resources that might be some of the things you might be able to help bring into a scenario. Again, if there's time, if it's the person selling. So what are some of those resources? Are we talking things like payroll, like HR? I mean, things that might already be set up, but you guys are looking to help or repair or replace or talk a little bit about that. Right. This is actually a very key component of, of the structure of strategy partners. One of our ideas was to establish this network of, of, uh, partners and of channel partners, and we actually put them under a, a branded title of the Acceleration Hub, and their function, along with us, is to accelerate the deal flow. Deal will turn faster, at a, at a, in more efficiently, more return for the for the buyer and the seller. Hopefully, is is the idea. Now, these partners, as you allude to, are in the areas of IT. They're in uh, CPA firms. There's uh, H, a very large HR provider uh, that you'd see out there on the on our on our website. Um, so these are national companies, uh, most of them brand names, who we can bring to bear if needed in any situation. That's what that's that's the differentiator between us and other consulting groups. Can we talk a little bit about the types of companies that you'd like to work with, as far as uh, not not just uh, in you know what what they may do or what they produce or what service they provide, but maybe the size of companies? Do you kind of have a sweet spot? Yeah, I would say our sweet spot is um, uh, companies with EBITDA, earnings before interest, uh, taxes, and depreciation amortization of uh, probably somewhere between ten million and a hundred million dollars. We have worked with slightly smaller companies, and we have worked with significantly larger companies. But if the sweet spot is right there in that range. I got you. I'm going to get a little personal on you now, Steve, if that's okay. Sure. I want to learn more about you and your partners, actually, because if we're working with a Strategy Partners Group, we're working with you and your partners. Tell me about your background. And you, you mentioned, you, I think you were a C-level uh, executive at one time. So talk, tell me about Steve Fisher and, 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 the, and the partners you have in this uh, firm. Sure. So um, there, are, there are three other founding partners, so there's four of us in total, and we have a pretty diverse background, and that was key to forming a team. Now, for myself personally, I actually came out of the engineering background, uh, formerly educated as an engineer, uh, turned that into a multi-decade CFO career, um, did that, like I said, for quite a while. Eventually, during that period, I, I was involved in several acquisitions as the CFO of this company, learned how to do that, I learned the problems with that. So you learned about it from that side of the table. Correct. Yeah. We're operators. We've done this. Uh, and then, I, then eventually, the time came for the ownership of my company. It came to me and said, look, we're ready to fold up our tent, and uh, so we're going to sell this. And so I had to work with suitors and eventually go through that whole transaction and uh, go through the whole post-acquisition integration phase. And that's where I lost hair, went gray, um, hated every bit of it, and now actually I consult in it. So I turned literally lemonade from lemons, right? So uh, that's, that's what I do, and that's my background. And as, with an engineering background focused on the financial end of the picture and C-suite consulting, I would, my mind works a little differently, right? So I'm very process-orientated, a lot of structure. Uh, I, need to, I need accountability and metrics and all that good stuff that, that all the engineers like to nerd out on. So now my partners come from other groups. I mean, we've uh, got a one, one, uh, couple of partners who are, who are very... Uh, it, you know, have a lot of experience in uh, government contracting, which is a whole different language. Um, they have that. I've got partners involved in healthcare, another different language. Uh, so we work in multiple industries, um, nationwide, focused in the southeast, but we can work nationwide. I've had clients in California, for example, and some of my partners work in the D.C. area and Charlotte area, et cetera, Florida. Um, so we're all over the place, very diverse group. And the key is if I'm working with a business owner and I don't know it, 
I have, I have a pretty deep bench I can tap into to find out the answer. Um, Steve, there's an old saying that uh, a salesman will come in and tell you what you, what you want to hear. An advisor will come in and tell you what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. you, you gave some of the reasons why, some of the top reasons why people would look to sell their business. Can you give a couple of top examples of things you've had to say or one of the other partners has had to say in a scenario to a business owner? This has got to be dealt with. Th something they needed to hear that maybe they didn't <laughs> want to hear as they start that process. Well, I'm pretty blunt. And um, while I haven't said it like this, what you're asking me is, it, I usually have the conversation with an owner that your baby's not that cute. Yeah. And, um, but, I'll, but I have to have the numbers why. You know, where is it that they're falling short? And what can be done to fix it? And how is this impacting your, 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 your bottom line price? For example, businesses sell at a multiple, typically a multiple of earnings. Let's just use some round numbers. Let's say you're making a million dollars a year earnings. And your business is going to sell at six times. So that's, you're looking at a $6 million price tag. And I say, okay, understand that you go in and spending $200,000 on that condo down on the coast that you want for you and your family. Okay, that's two hundred grand, but that's not two hundred grand. we are talking about a six-time multiple. That two hundred grand condo just cost you $1.2 $1 million. That's a much bigger bite. And when they, they start thinking about it in terms of multiples, that, that, that resonates. Yeah. Uh, and I say, let's, let's just think about what we're doing and other ways we can improve our efficiency. The other thing you want to look at is, you know, hey, Joe, you got a great business here, profitable, steady, great. The only problem is you're the driver of the profit. What, you know, a buyer looks at your business, um, they're, they're, they're going to shy away from it. I tell business owners all the time, the more valuable you are to your business, the less valuable it is to everybody else. How are you finding these buyers and sellers? Are they finding you or are you finding them? Um, I typically get brought in through referrals. Um, I often get referred in through banks, attorneys. CPAs. These are all people who are already trusted advisors somewhat to these business owners. Um, they don't have the skill set necessarily to advise them in this particular arena, but they're the people who hear about the problem. And then they go, hey, Joe, I know this guy, Steve Fisher, and this is what he specializes in. And as I say, a conversation is not going to cost you anything. What do you enjoy most about what you're doing? Working with all the different types of businesses. It is fascinating to me how people make money, the different ways they do it. Some of the most basic ways you can imagine, and they're just cash cows. And I kick myself every time I run into it and thinking, I'm a smart guy. How did I not think yeah. about doing this? I think we've all had those uh, yeah, moments. Yeah. <laughs> well, being from an engineering background, you probably would have overthought it, or you're exactly where you need to be, Steve. Is, yeah. that, is that what you kind of come to the conclusion I of? I guess I have be to. Because, <laughs> because those businesses are cash cows, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily running it at the peak performance in order to sell it. No, they could be cash day. plus cows. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I know there's a lot more information. Is, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to share about Strategy Partners Group? Just that we, we have a very deep bench between our partners and our channel partners. Um, as I said earlier, a conversation doesn't cost you anything. I right. encourage everybody who has an interest in trying to get a little more educated um, about buying or selling a business, mm -hmm. understanding, you know, what they don't know, uh, reach out to us. And, and just to clarify, you, so the very first conversation, the first consultation is always free. Uh, just kind of sit down and talk uh, and, yeah, and or there's a very clear point where you go, okay, here's what it's going to cost. And here's what well, we, sure, sure. Yeah, if, if, there, yeah. if it, yeah, once it gets to the part where you're asking me for my, uh, you know, more in-depth expertise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, you're not going to give the, not, you're not going to give the story. <laughs> However, the, the first conversation is usually just, Hey, you know, do you know what you're getting into, and, and am I the right fit? Because 
to be honest, it's not good, it's not good for my business to set myself up for failure. If I can't help you, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to work with you because it's not going to help either one of us. All good financial conversations start with a question so people can come to you with their questions and then you'll you'll, That's right. you'll start helping them and then let them know, "Okay, this is when I get on the clock." Correct. <laughs> let's let's wrap up wrap up with some a good piece of advice for both a buyer and a seller. If, if you're a seller, if you want to sell your business, some advice you might want to give them, I would think you, you know, get, let's get your ducks in a row, get everything, you know, straightened out. What would you tell a seller? The longer you can begin to prepare for exit, the longer ramp time, ramp up time you give, the better chance of success you will have. There are so many things, metrics you need to be collecting today, documents you need to be assembling today, make it much easier. The more you have that at your fingertips when a buyer comes knocking, the more it looks like you have your act together, the higher value your company in general will is all right conversely someone who wants to buy a business know where the skeletons are don't let the don't let joe in accounting who has this proprietary accounting system between his ears walk out the door because he wasn't the cfo and you didn't think he was that valuable that's that's the that's the one you want to be beware of those kinds of skeletons in the closet and that usually is centered around uh, personnel good advice let's let's end on that note for mm-hmm. those that would like to find out more about strategy partners group where can they go uh, go to our website uh, www.strategypg.com. Uh, my email s fisher at strategypg.com. Uh, I encourage you to go out to the website, look at myself, my partners, my channel partners. You'll see a list of all the services we do. And as I mentioned, reach out. Conversation doesn't cost anything. All right. Steve Fisher, founding partner with Strategy Partners Group, joining us here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Uh, Steve was telling us before the show, he was actually on with John Ray over at North Fulton, our studio over there as yeah, well. You almost kicked him out because of that. I know. I know. <laughs> no, we love Facetiously, John Facetiously, of course, because no, yes. we love John. John is the best of the best, is he not? He's very good. He is the best. He so. brings a lot of value, right? Yes. Yeah. If you're good enough for John, you're good enough for us. <laughs> we're glad to have you. Thanks for coming by, Steve. Actually, thanks for the invite. Actually, if he's, if he's good enough for John, we're just lucky he came on our show. That's really <laughs> what we wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. He's going to walk away shaking his head. What did I get my I should have stopped with John right there. No. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a commercial break. And we, you want, do you want to say it? We'll be back right after this. Life is full of ifs. But if you want to cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, Regions Life Banking makes it possible. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regions Bank, member FDIC. For the first time ever, the Atlanta Gladiators podcast will now be on Business Radio X. Be on the lookout for new interviews each week as Director of Broadcasting and Communications Liam Gottimer chats with Gladiator players, coaches, and even representatives from corporate partners. For tickets, partnerships, and more, visit atlantagladiators.com or call our front office at 770-497-5100 to chat with a Gladiator representative today. Atlanta Gladiators Hockey, draw your sword. All right, and we are happy to have the Atlanta Gladiators as part of uh, Business Radio X. They just dropped their first podcast just this past week. And what's the title of that podcast, Mike? The Atlanta Gladiators Podcast. Wow, that's yeah. so fascinating. And uh, and they uh, start their season like in this weekend, I believe. Well, yeah. since our show is evergreen, it's sure it's going on okay. half the year. And if you're listening to the, the show live, it'll be this yeah, weekend. Exactly. If not, then it, you, you just you know go to atlantagladiators.com. I'm sorry, I apologize. But it's, when you, it's good to be co-hosting. When you, you come to the Gladiators, when you come here to to, to the 
the arena at the Gas South Arena. You're going to be parking in the parking decks or in the, the, the beautiful lots here. And we have a gentleman that knows a little bit about, about that. Yeah. Doug Brooks is here. He's the regional vice president with LAZ Parking, L-A-Z Parking, LAZ Park. What's LAZ stand for? Uh, it's short for uh, Lazowski, uh, one of our founding fathers, Alan Lazowski. Nice. Yeah. You didn't want to call it Lazowski Parking? <laughs> Apparently, uh, he just goes by the short name, yeah. Al Laz. Oh, nice. All okay. Right. But you kind of oversee the parking here mm-hmm. at Gas South Arena and many other properties around the, yep. well, around the region. But uh, tell us all about Laz Parking sure. and what your company does. So we're a full-service parking management uh, company. That's evolved uh, over the the time of parking. It, it looks different today than it did uh, back in the day, but... Uh, we operate in 41 states nationwide, 450 cities nationwide, about 4,500 locations. Um, we employ about 15,000 employees uh, nationwide. And our service scope goes anywhere from managing parking decks, managing surface lots, commercial office buildings, hotels, uh, retail complexes, event venues, uh, things that uh, anywhere a, par- a car will park. Typically, uh, from a revenue generation side, but uh, we kind of run the gamut, mm. top to bottom in parking. And, and Laz, as you said, is in 41 states. It's one of the larger parking companies in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's privately owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. H- how uh, I know it's been around a while, and, and it started yeah. with Mr. Lazowski, uh, but I guess what I would ask is, in the midst of all that growth and in the midst of, uh, of all this stuff, how do you guys stay regional how do you guys stay Mm. local how do you guys stay private and kind of stay grounded if i can use that word well you know our our founding fathers our uh our entire leadership group has to have the same mindset same culture as al uh and the rest of the leaders you know it really is a people first uh mentality that's cliche but it's still true and so Uh, Each RVP, each general manager, each manager, each employee has to understand that, you know, we we park cars, but there are people in those cars. We work for Gas South, but there are people involved in that organization. And so at every step in the process, um, if you keep that, and and we're not perfect, right? That doesn't mean we're we're never going to make a mistake, but if your values stay uh, in doing the right thing by those people at every level, um, then you tend to have the success uh, that that we have had, and you stay focused not just on the dollars, but how you got there. So if I'm building an entertainment complex or a mm-hmm. major hotel or a retail shopping center, mm-hmm. you're somebody I'd want to talk to, but not just after I've built the parking deck or built or, or you know right. done the pavement I, I may want to talk to you before I even and start talk about how you consult yeah. with these businesses yeah. and, and 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 where that connection begins that's a key point um, in all of this uh, it doesn't happen as much as it seems like it used to happen uh, I think you know we are faster uh, in today's world than we used to be um, back in the old days you would build a garage you would bring me in and say okay we've built it uh, please go operate it um, now we work with a very long runway with developers, investors, um, with, you know, building, uh, mixed use or whatever those things are, will be in place a lot of times, two, three years as they are starting to make plans. There's so many more things than just building a garage, putting some equipment in it and, and moving forward. Today, we have technology that we didn't have 30 years ago. 
Uh, we have a lot of frictionless, uh, no-gated situations. Someone wants valet. Well, what, is, what does that look like? Um, what's the return going to be to that developer once they build that structure? So it's important um, that we get in there as early as possible so that whatever assumptions they built that parking deck and retail center around, they actually come to fruition uh, on the revenue side, and we're not blowing, blowing it on expenses, too. When we met, and we're talking with uh, Doug Brooks with Laz Parking, when we met a few weeks ago and we were talking about the parking experience, mm -hmm. it, it's part of the whole experience of either going into a retail shopping center or going right. to a, an Atlantic Gladiators hockey game. I mean, the, the time you come on campus, if you have a bad parking experience, mm -hmm. it just kind of ruins the night. So yeah. what you do is, because you're, you're the first point of entry mm -hmm. and you're the last point of entry when, you know, you're, you're the first thing they experience and the last part, part thing they experience. Talk about how important that is. Well, it's key, um, you know, especially with things like Waze and your Google Maps and things like that. We do want to control the experience from the time you leave your driveway, not just when you get here. We want to work with um, a Waze. We want to work with rideshare uh, providers in addition to managing what you see when you get here because without those partnerships and without that focus, well, you're gonna sit in traffic for an hour and now you're gonna be upset when you get here. Doesn't matter what it looks like when you get here. And so, so again, whether it's Gas South Arena, the Atlanta Braves, uh, Pont City Market, uh, we wanna make sure that when you leave, your path is good, then your experience is good, and we get you out efficiently and effectively because we're the first and last impression. We're the first thing you think about when you get there. You don't wanna go somewhere where it's not a good parking experience. And if it takes you, you know, two hours to get out of the facility, well, you're not you're going to be pretty grumpy there too, right? So. Doug, we have a long running joke on this show where I'm allowed to ask one really stupid question Great. every show, and given grace on that, <laughs> this might be that question. Okay, I'm, I'm pre preempting it. So as you were sitting here uh, talking, and Mike brought it up about the changes, the the how mm. how parking has evolved, and I was thinking, you know, Seinfeld used to have jokes about you find the one good parking spot in New York, and you're never going to <laughs> drive your car again. Hey, did you see my spot? Everybody brags about it, and and I was thinking when when we were younger, there was always an attendant at a parking deck. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. with technology. Technology. It can be frictionless, I think is the mm -hmm. word you use. So here's the question. Do you guys have, are you guys looking ahead? Is there anything on the board right now or in the works or, hey, I've heard about this? I mean, mm -hmm. where else can parking go? What, uh, what, what's not been developed that could be developed? Uh, a lot farther and faster than I can think. I'll yeah. tell you that, right? Uh, I've been parking cars for about 30 years. Uh, and to your point, you know, when I started parking cars, it was a cigar box and a guy on a lot with a ticket and uh, nothing but cash. Um, today, you know, um, we've moved past apps, right? No one wants an app. So, you know, it, that went from an app to uh, text to pay, and now you're in QR codes. Um, a lot of purchase your parking in advance. Um, again, when, as, as, parking equipment systems evolved. You would have a ticket dispenser, you'd have a person in a booth and they'd process your ticket. Uh, that moved to no cashier in the booth, uh, a, a pay-in lane station. Now it's moving away from that. You'll buy, either you pull a ticket when you come in, you can use a QR code to pay for your parking while you're here, just scan your QR code at the exit, gate goes up. You're, you're ticketless in, in that regard. Mm. Um, 
there's I just got back from New Orleans at a parking convention. We have two of those a year, uh, large ones. How's the parking at those conventions? Gosh, it's miserable. <laughs> I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> I got it first. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. Hey, listen, you, you set it up on a tee, and exactly. it, it was a bad joke that I just had to try and hit Keep them coming. He's I allowed one bad joke yeah. per show okay. as well. And I didn't have the bad question, so apparently I... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. I interrupted you. So no, you're at the convention. Yeah, no. It, it, every, every time you go, there is a new idea, right? There is... That new idea that somebody says, "Well, why didn't I think of that?" And I and I in thirty years, I think I might have seen it all. But uh, those ideas get developed at a very high pace. Some of them get a good adoption rate. Some of them kind of fall by the wayside because it's just not something either people are ready for, or you know, maybe it didn't enter the market uh, the right way. Um, you know, technology is a big piece of what we do uh, now. Um, again, back in the old days, you'd have ledger sheets that you do all your budget, budgets on, right? Then it was Excel. Well, now, uh, Laz has invested heavily on the tech side. We actually use Microsoft Business Intelligence as our main platform for information uh, to, to analyze all of our systems. So we have payroll. We have our revenue entry. We have all the audit, all of these things, e-commerce, that we do on a daily basis. But they've invested in business intelligence uh, as a hub to slice and dice all those data points. And, and you know, to, to your point of how it's changed, and you said, you know, there used to be a person in a cigar box collecting cash, <laughs> and now I think of, and, and I do think of the buying tickets ahead of time, but I think of also the, the ATM machines, for lack of a better term, or mm-hmm. the machines when I go to the World of Coke or any place where I have to, you know, pay for my ticket ahead of time. So instead of the guy in the cigar box collecting cash, you got to have mm-hmm. IT people. You got to have you got to have people very versed in technology to yeah. come make sure the machines are working because if the machines aren't working that, that 100%. that's a bad experience. So and and I loved Mike's point about it's the if you're going to an event or you're going to a location, it's the first impression and the last impression. Mm-hmm. And that matters. And and right. and I can tell you from parking here in the arena, parking over at Truist, there are still people involved, right? My favorite is when I yeah. go to the place where there has to be someone helping people operate the machine <laughs> to get out of sure. the, and I, and I always thank them. But I, I can tell you, honestly, uh, talk about the people you guys hire mm. who help with parking at a big event because right. it, 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 it matters. And, and sure I can does. tell you specifically with Laz, there's a lot of kind words. There's a lot of, it, they make a good first impression. So talk well, about thanks. the people you hire. Well, again, it sounds cliche. It's key. It all starts with with those people. We we you know I said we have about fourteen thousand nationwide. We actually have about thirteen hundred here in Atlanta uh, with the work we do with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, the Atlanta Braves. Here we do Atlanta Botanical Gardens, Pont City Market, St. Regis Hotel. Co- you know I got to kind of rattle those off. We we have about thirteen hundred of those, and so it's important we try and you know stay grounded with those employees by you know, listening um, at every level. We, we locally, uh, we try and make sure that we have cadenced um, checkpoints with those employees. It's tough when you have an event venue, right? You don't see them as much as you might see a regular employee. Uh, for those, you know, for a Truist or a Gas South, um, you know, we try and get those in early so that we can speak to the things that may be happening in the parking operation. Maybe what some things we have seen, um, we can check uniforms. We can make sure we go through policies. You still, 
um, as much as a numbers company as we are, right? Because it's all about building value in those assets long-term. The reality is it does still take people. It does take a traffic director who may not make as much as the CEO. And so it's important that from Alaz to me to every level that we're available to hear what those people's goals are. You may have a guy who's a maintenance guy who really does want to be the CEO. And if you're not listening along the way and making sure that they're happy when they're at work, A, someone else is going to, they're going to be happy somewhere else. And B, you've missed an opportunity for growth for someone. And that's really where it starts. As we start to wrap up, I'm going to ask a serious question, then a silly question at the end, if that's okay, Doug. Uh, the serious question is your thoughts on Uber and ride sharing, because obviously that's big. Yeah. It sort of goes against what you want, because you're trying to create revenue for these companies that you want people to come and park mm -hmm. there. But I'm thinking also, as you're consulting, when they're building these decks and building these parking lots, you also have to have these lanes built right. now for these ride shares. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on the Ubers and the ride shares of the world? And how do you, sure. how do you meet that? Well, Uber and Rideshare is really just a, a, a new name for taxis, right? So back, back in the day, it was taxis and limos. You'd have a concert, and limos would be stacked everywhere, and taxis, everyone's looking for that. So that process looks a little different, uh, but it is the, still the same basic process. So from a developer's perspective, again, you know, we want to work with them, people like Kimley Horn, who help us with traffic management stuff that we consider, you know, if it's a Pond City market, where is rideshare going to be? Where was taxi stand? Where were taxi stands going to be? Um, you know, how is that process going to look? You know, and now, thanks to technology, we can zone. You know, it's pretty much everywhere where you have large Uber or uh, rideshare drop-offs is to have zones so you can identify. Hey, you know what? There's 500 people trying to get a ride share right now. You go to zone two, you go to zone three. Uh, so with some of that technology and mapping, we're able to, to actually manage it a little better uh, than we used to be able to with ta taxis. Okay, my silly question to wrap things up here mm -hmm. is it seems like over the, and we're all thinking this, you'll understand when <laughs> I hear when you hear the question, we're all thinking this. Okay. Over the years, vehicles and cars and everything's gotten bigger. Yeah. It seems like the parking spaces have never gotten bigger. <laughs> they're always the same size, they're always small. I mean... Hmm. What's up with that? Okay, that's so I personally sounds like you've heard this before. I, I, I was not thinking. Yeah, that yeah. So I have some older facilities in downtown Atlanta. I'm not going to lie to you, and they are really, really old. I don't see how back in the day you put a '64 Chevy in these in the in these garages. Um, and and I I look at it differently. Actually, I see cars getting smaller and smaller. So um, you know, that's just uh, I'll just I'll leave you with this. Garages used to be eight to twelve thousand a space to build. Now these garages are forty to fifty thousand a space to build. And so, if you are a revenue generating, if you want that return on investment, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna try and maximize. I will not say small. You're gonna try and maximize the number of spaces. All right, you're a parking expert, so I'm gonna get this question out because it may be the only chance I get to talk to a parking expert like yourself. Wow. What's the deal with people that go into parking lots and they want to back into the space? It's Why are they doing that? So frustrating. Why do I wish I knew. Can you, anyone that's listening I, right now that backs into parking spaces, <laughs> why do you do that? So that you can pull out straight forward and not have to, especially, okay, so let's take the Braves at Truist. You park on the red deck or the orange deck, and you're going to sit there. If you have to back out before you go, you well, first of all, the increased number of backup cameras 
has made it easier for That's people probably. to back up. That's yeah. the main yeah. thing. People who have cars with no backup cameras usually aren't backing into parking spaces. The backup camera allows you to do that. Secondly, it allows you to get into the flow of traffic, especially in a event scenario. But you're quicker. messing up the flow of traffic at the beginning when you back up, and now you're causing everybody to have to stop. But not everybody and... comes at the same time, but most everybody leaves our, at the same time. Our only ask in that is let the, let the traffic pass before you start. But pull in. And then once the traffic's gone, take all your time. You can back up. You can turn around. You can yeah. you can go sideways. You can do whatever you want. Just let the cars pass behind you. You That's sound like an anti-backing guy like me. It's just in an event. It is a struggle. Steven yeah. sounds like a pro-backing <laughs> I'm not guy. a pro. I just, you asked for an answer, and I gave you the answer. I'm about, I'm, I'm split down the middle. I'm a moderate. <laughs> all right. Uh, Doug, thank you for taking the question, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, for those that would like to find out more about uh, Laz Parking, it, it could be about, you know, where you... Uh, where your services are or somebody's building, they need to use your services or they may want to work for the company. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can they get more information? Lastparking.com. L-A-Z-Parking.com. Real easy. And yep. Mike, why don't you give everybody your email address if they want to give their opinion of the back-end <laughs> or pull-in <laughs> parking scenario. More info at businessradiox.com. They're all typing furiously. To whom it may concern. <laughs> How dare you? I'm a, I'm a backer-upper parker. <laughs> You've upset me now. You know, you offend people all the time. Oh, well, thank you, Doug, for your time. Absolutely. Mike, I do want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is brought to you by Regions Bank. Regions Bank is here to help your business's financial future stay on track. Regions Commercial Banking has a team of experienced bankers in Gwinnett who can guide you in all areas of growth. Get the resources you need so every step can move you closer to your business goals. Maybe one of those goals is future M&A or selling your business. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. Somewhere in California, right? All right, Dan, oh my God. Dan, Give me that. Dan, Dan, Dan. There you go. Dan. Your know. intro was fantastic. The bell ringing left much to be Somewhere desired. in California right now, Harper LaBelle is going, <laughs> Member FDIC. <laughs> and um, he's going, Ring the bell, Dan. Uh, I'm going to do a little survey here. Uh, Steve Fisher, uh, thank you for joining us with Strategy Partner Group. Are you, are you a backer, upper parker? Um, I endorse everything Stephen just said. Oh. There you go. <laughs> the reasoning is spot on. <laughs> help help, help <laughs> me. You. Help me here, Dan, our producer. Dan, are you a backer, upper parker? I like to back into my parking spot, too. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. I've upset everybody. <laughs> we're, not upset, we're not upset, Mike. We're just right. <laughs> no, you're not. We're, we're not upset. I'll we cause just... some inconvenience at the beginning to yeah. be able to, to pull right out yeah. at the end. All right. Well, thank you for your opinion. And by the way, I will say, like in anything, there are people who pull in that do it great and do it, and then others who do it horribly. (laughs) It's the same way with backing in. There are people who do it great, and there are people who do it horribly. I have a colleague. He backs in every time. Man, he just, he's quick as a jackrabbit. I mean, he just pulls it. I mean, he does it great. I've seen others, like, you got to... They do it three or four times, and yes, if you're okay. holding up traffic, no matter how you do it, that's the issue. Okay, we're just having fun. Nobody needs to write in or anything like that, okay? So, for Steve and Julian, let's say our goodbyes. For Steven. I'm Steven. And uh, for Mike. Goodbye. And this is Dan. And we'll see you next time. Thank you to our guests again. Thank you for our listeners. Mike, we'll see thank you, you next so time much here. for letting me co-host with you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Harper will be back. He might not be back next week. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see. Who will be in the chair? We'll see. We'll find out if he's a backer up a parker. And until next time, we'll see you here on Gwinnett Business Radio.